Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What is Wicca? Does magic really work? If so, how? Hello and welcome to the 719th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on ON 1240 uh, Radio, celebrating 70 years of broadcasting here in New England's Blackstone River Valley. I'm Ben, and those uh, ever which, where questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal, and father, Paul. And today we welcome a guest on a subject we've dealt with very little over the years, actually. And uh, we welcome your calls and emails during the show. Numbers are 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, or uh, 401-766-1240 locally. Or if you'd uh, like to send an email, it's paul at behindtheparanormal.com for emails. Marla Brooks was born and raised in Hollywood, California, and still lives in the, Los- in the Los Angeles area. She has written nearly a dozen books, hosts Stirring the Cauldron on Para-X Radio Network, and is an honest-to-goodness witch, as was her great-grandmother. Marla, what is your website? www.marlabrooks.com Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Ask a simple question again. <laughs> okay. Easy peasy. Yeah. Alrighty, so Marla Brooks, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you. Good to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you. So, let's start off with a, with a very uh, uh, simple, well, not so simple question. Is there any difference between Wicca and witchcraft? Well, all right. Let me give you, let me give you the, the old saying that all Wiccans are witches, but not all witches are Wiccan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It, there's a fine line. Um, there are so many different types of witchcraft out there, probably about as many as there are witches. And so everybody kinds of picks and chooses and everything. Um, Wicca is a very old, I mean, sorry, a very new religion, very new age. It's only been around here in the States since like the mid-1960s. And most of the people that I know um, follow the old ways, the ancient ways. So, you know, there's a big dichotomy, but there's a lot of similarity. Um, I don't like labels necessarily, you know, which is good enough, but um, it's always it's always a delicate subject because it's like, are you Wiccan? Are you a witch? Well, yeah, I'm both. Well, what's the difference? You know, it gets, it gets kind of crazy. But um, it started, Wicca started in England in the 50s by, with, by a guy named Gerald Gardner. Mm. was kind of a British civil servant who spent most of his career in Asia, and he kind of became familiar with a whole bunch of different occult beliefs and uh, magical practices. And he also was reading about Western esoteric literature. He was reading things from British occultist Aleister Crowley. And when he went back to England shortly before the outbreak of World War II, he became involved with the British occult community and then founded a new movement, which he called Wicca. And basically what that is, is, according to him, was kind of a reverence of nature, the practice of magic, and the worship of not only a female deity, which would be referred to as the goddess, but also like a host of other associated deities. And um, he also kind of borrowed a little bit from other Western witchcraft traditions as well. And then in the 60s, this wonderful man from England named Raymond Buckland, who just passed away recently, was probably best known as Gerald's agent. Um, he was responsible for introducing the Gardnerian witchcraft into America in the mid-60s. And it really did kind of spread like wildfire. 
So, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's like I follow the tenets of Wicca, basically the things like, and ye harm none, and, you know, the threefold law where whatever you do, whether it's good or bad, comes back to you three times, you know, so I, I guess I consider myself a white witch, but more like a gray witch, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Because, Hand off the you know, gray, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody's, nobody's perfect, so you can't be white all the time. Hmm. But, um, so yeah, I, I kind of revered the older religion, too, um, you know, worshipping the ancestors, respecting the nature and all sentient beings and stuff, so... You know, Wicca is basically an offshoot of the Western magical tradition that goes back, basically, to pagan antiquity. So, actually, that that kind of leads into the question I I have next, which is you mentioned something about um they you follow they it is a tradition to follow the old ways. So, what do we mean by the old ways? Uh, the old ways are doing things like the old. You know, okay, when you I'll make this kind of simple. I think. But none of this is easy. Um, when a paranormal investigator goes out on an investigation, we'll talk paranormal here, um, there are those who take all kinds of equipment with them. They've got their mail meters. They've got their K2 meters. They've got, you know, everything with them, scientific. There are others that go out and do the old school way. You know, they might have some divining rods. They might have a pendulum. Or they, they use themselves to kind of sense what's going on. And so... That's kind of the difference, too. It's, it's old school versus modern tradition, basically. But, again, the tenets are the same. You know, we, we, we love nature. We deal with sentient beings. You know, we respect everybody. Um, see, this is the beauty of paganism and, and my belief system is that you don't have to just have one religion. You know, it's polyethesic. You can be... For example, I, I'm good friends with a Christian Druid. I'm very good friends with a Jewish witch. Um, you can keep your belief system. You don't have to have that dogma that says, well, no, you have to drop everything else and turn into what we believe. You know, you're able to believe as you wish. And I think that's really wonderful to embrace everybody and not have a problem with it. Okay, you bring up a lot of wonderful points. Uh, let me begin by saying I have great respect for, for the Wiccans I know. As a matter of fact, one of the most beautiful souls I ever knew was a Wiccan, a, ma- a male Wiccan who was a, a craftsman. He, he made flute. It was just a beautiful, beautiful person and uh, just exuded goodness. You know, um, One of the problems i think that that occurs as misunderstandings by people of standard garden variety religions uh what misunderstandings do you run into when dealing with people from more standard (laughs) religious backgrounds well you mean other than the fact that we dance with the devil and eat little children (laughs) well that's precisely what yes Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um in in my belief system we don't believe in the devil. The devil was, I mean, there's always been a duality from day one of Earth. There's good and bad. There's light and dark. There's black and white, right? You can't have one without the other. But the well, devil, that's a matter for theological debate, but I get oh, your point. Okay, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. Um, but the, the concept of a devil with a name, you know, Lucifer, Beelzebub, whatever, came in with the, with the Christians. Um, they kind of created hell and stuff. Pagans don't necessarily believe in hell. 
Um, again, they believe in the duality of the good and the bad, but they don't necessarily think that we die and we end up in hell any more than, you know, here we go finding the devil and dancing with them and doing his bidding and, you know, you know, being Jezebels or whatever people think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, no, sure, sure. Uh, no, no, very, very true. Um, lots of misunderstanding. People don't even understand their own religions, never mind other people's. Um, a lot of that duality, which we detest, I think I can speak for Ben. Uh, oh, I detest it all. Yeah. Though. Uh, came in, um, through Christianity, but, but by way of Zoroastrianism, founded by Zoroaster, Zoro for short, I'm kidding. Uh, that, 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 Really, and then the Manichees, and the, the, the things that really uh, affected St. Augustine when he was in the 4th century, when he was kind of, uh, I don't know, inventing Western Christianity, that sort of thing. So, but, but that's, I don't want to get into this, uh, where people will fall asleep or demand college credit, one or the other. Uh, yeah, we're using 50-cent words now. We gotta exactly, yes. <laughs> now, uh, one, one, a fundamental question I might ask you, and I'm sure you'll, you'll know where I'm coming from on this, Marla, is that uh, very often people's um, people's religions, or you know, using the term in a broad sense, right. are the result of their not only their experience of God or the gods, but it comes from their experience of the land, of their daily lives, of being. So when you are closer to the earth, and when we were hunter gatherers you'd have more an awareness of the seasons, of, of um, all sorts of things that, that are touched upon. And I love the books of Buckley uh, and, and Gardner and, and that sort of thing. But how close can we get to that in a, um, in a settled society such as we live in where just the very nature of our artificial environment separates us from the earth? You see what I'm getting at? I mean, how yeah. close can we get to the original intent when we don't live close to the earth ourselves. Some of us, some people do, but very rarely. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, well, we say we don't have time, we're too busy, blah, 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 but there's always time to get back to your roots and and, and ancestral roots within you. You know, we have lost so many skills because of technology, because of of all these other things going on, but it's still in us deep down, and if you want to look for it, you can find it. Like you said, some people do. Um, But it's a matter of not being overrun by what your life is every single day. It's not about, you know, how much gas you have in the car. It's not about paying your insurance bills. It's not about traffic jams, you know, things like that. There are times that you need to set aside every day and just get back to who you are because not just from a religious aspect or a pagan aspect, but for for your own health, you know. I mean, I saw something the other day, a banner, it said, take a walk, not a pill, you know, um, and it makes great sense. We just we just get so wrapped up in daily life and complain that we don't have time. We 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 can't possibly find ten minutes a day to meditate. Well, yeah, you can. Put the phone down, shut down the computer, you know, that kind of thing. I agree, just, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we make we make trouble for ourselves and we really need to kinda of get back to who we really were because we have lost our instinct. We've lost a lot of talent because of that. Mm-hmm. And um it's it's just like making a whole lot of noise in our lives. That yeah. Need to be okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Tell us about magic. Why is it spelled with a K in many traditions? Well, in many traditions, that's the editor in me coming out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that too. Um, Alistair Crowley used to say it with a K because he wanted to define that from the hocus pocus, uh, you know, pull a rabbit out of your hat kind of magic. <laughs> yeah. And this is, you know, it's a true story. Um, but 
it, it, it's either way. I mean, I've had people, if I put magic on my website for something, or, you know, it's, well, no, you're not supposed to do that. Well, you know, there, there aren't any hard rules. And it, sometimes when you write magic as magic, people expect, you know, uh, David Copperfield to pop up or something. So that, that's basically what it is. I mean, it, it's to define the two types of magic, but people in the craft and people in the know know the difference anyway. When you talk about um, a witch being a magician, uh, we know that that's about doing magic and, and, you know, practicing magic, not about, you know, okay. the other one. The, the idea of what one definition I've heard is magic in the sense you would do it is influencing the material world by non-material means. Is that accurate or or what? Well, I've heard that too. Um, and, and I think it's more, it's more like molding things. It, it, all right, let me, I'm going to have to put this in simpler terms. Um, Everybody does magic. You do magic. Ben does magic. Everybody does magic. When we do a magic spell, it's akin to what you would consider a prayer. Yes. You know, you're walking down the street and you see an accident waiting to happen and you go, oh, God, please, don't let that happen. That's, that's the same thing that we do. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an intention. It's a, uh, something that you want to have happen, something that you want to make happen, and it is a prayer. You know, some people say, God, please help. We just say, depending on your thing, uh, goddess, or you just don't say anything. You know, you don't ask for help. But um, everybody is a magician, and everybody prays every day, and everybody curses every day. This is the better one. People just really shrink away when I say that. But if you're driving down the street and you've got some idiot driving in front of you, and you get really mad, you know, not necessarily to road rage, but you get mad. Don't, I mean, we've all yelled at somebody in a car in front of us and said, damn it, you know, blah, blah, blah. You just curse that person, like it <laughs> yeah, or not. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I love the way you put that because it's very succinct. And uh, I, I have even made the comparison, much to the uh, horror of particularly Christian listeners who expect me to believe the way they do because I went to the seminary for so many years, uh, that, 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 Magic, in the best sense of the word, is prayer taken to another level. Now, prayer, usually people think of prayer as saying words. That, that is simply the merest beginning. I mean, we get, get into meditation, contemplative prayer, and things that really do affect the environment. You know, So I, I see exactly what you're saying, and I, and I, I, uh, I agree with it. You know, Ben, any... any well, actually, uh, this, all this conversation of... Um you know, culture really got me got me thinking. You know, it, things don't really change that much over human history, so it's you know we're we're still doing the same kind of things we've really always done. No, that's know? true too. Yeah. I, th- I think you know maybe the surroundings have changed. You know, the gadgets mm-hmm. have changed, but really right. the the human person hasn't really changed all that much in our, our very short time on um, on this this sphere that we hang around on. Plus, we're still relatively young as as a species. Speak and for yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, it's true. I'm a pretty young species. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Marla and I. Marla and I think, uh, if I remember, uh, is are more or less the same vintage here. Although Marla's younger uh-huh. than I am, I think. But <laughs> in any case, uh, regardless of our age group, uh, certainly the. Uh, can you give us examples of what you have? Uh, you or or are you in a coven? I believe you are, right? No, you're no, not. I'm a solitary. 
Secretary. Okay. No, yep. Okay. Uh, have you? Um, what have you accomplished at any point through magic? Can you give us some examples of how it has uh, has worked, or how who you've helped, or you know, anything like that that might enlighten the listeners? Yeah, um, it, it's kind of amazing, actually, in some of the things that we do, that we try to do, and then you, you don't always hear about the results right away, which is very interesting. Mm. But you, you normally do. And, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm a witch, but I'm also a little bit psychic, um, I'm clairaudient, I hear things and stuff, and I think one hand takes the other in that. It, it kind of goes along. Um, I'm kind of, everybody, when they decide what they are, you, you kind of find your path. And my path is kind of as a teacher and a healer. And so basically what I do, um, if, if people are in need of, you know, healing in some ways, uh, it's kind of a Reiki thing that, that goes along with it. That's kind of what I do. And I, I hear things about it. Um, I have a very dear friend who was going in for knee surgery, for example. And she knew that it's going to be very painful at the end and debilitating and everything, and she, she's not one to take pills, right? So she said, you know, I'm going in for this surgery. Can you do something to kind of help me when I get out of it so I don't, you know, hobble and, you know, I don't want to be miserable and I don't want to take, you know, oxycodone or whatever they're giving. And so I just did what I was, you know, what I normally do, and um, she didn't have any pain afterwards. Now, I'm not, I'm not taking credit for that because whatever I can do as far as healing is not coming from me. It's coming from the universe. It's coming from God. It can be coming from a lot of places. I'm a tool kind mm-hmm. of thing. I hear you. But, well said. But she um, didn't have to take any pain pills, and knee surgery is horrible. <laughs> you know? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Not so much like in the last two years, but... Well, in the yeah, past, I under, as I understand that it's, it's it was just really one of the most painful things you could go through. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so it, it, it's that kind of thing. I don't sit around, and, and this is another misconception that people have: is that we sit around a cauldron all day, cackling and, and doing spells. <laughs> a la Shakespeare. Now the cackling part, I can't deny; it happens sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> the spell work, um, we do it. I do it as needed. And I don't do a lot of it. People are really surprised. But you do it if somebody asks. You do it if you see something. I mean, okay, there are times that I draw the line, and I I hear about people that are cruel to animals, for example. Um, that's where I will sit down and cast against them. Now, here's the thing. You have to be very careful when you cast a spell because you can, if you don't word it correctly, it can go bonkers, and it can even come back on you. So I never wish anybody, I mean, all right, so the worst thing I've ever wished on a driver in front of me was that he got a flat tire and got off the road because he was being a nuisance. Or, you know, if I, if somebody's being a real jerk, I'll say, all right, you know, I hope you stub your toe. Now, I don't go deeper than that because I don't want to get it back. You know, if I stub my toe, it's my own fault kind of thing. But um, you just, you know, like if somebody's doing something, if you know that somebody's harming animals, for example, torturing animals, using them as bait, you know, in, in like simple things. You, you can do an eye for an eye thing. And it's kind of like, you know, you're doing this to them, you know, stop it, you know, immediately. Stop doing what you're doing. And then find a way to feel, not feel what, you know, not, I'm not saying that right, but find a way for somebody to understand their actions and try to control their actions. And if not, 
just try to disable them, not by her harming them in any way, but maybe trying to get them to see the light in some way. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Because I'm just, you yeah. know, when it comes to animals, I, I, you know, I just, that's where my line gets crossed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, animals, children, things like that. One of the, but, one of the okay, I'm sorry, one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the, um, comments that is likely to be in the minds of any listener who is a, particularly a Christian, uh, maybe a little bit, uh, some of the Jewish listeners, whatever, may be, okay, well, you may be thinking you're doing something good, but you're calling on demons to do your bidding, and that's what's doing. Oh, I mean, no. th- th- how, what, what would you say to that objection? <laughs> no, I don't, call, I don't call on demons. I mean, there are black magicians that probably do. Um, we call on, I call on God, you know, the same God that everybody calls on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of my belief that there is one, deity that everybody calls by a different name but there's one basic deity the man upstairs whoever maybe it's a woman who knows always the sky and he, you know, huh? he she goes by different names yeah. and so this is who i call on i mean wiccans will also call on uh, different deities for certain things you know for love somebody might call on eros or you know something like that or somebody needs some strength a call on Zeus or whatever. I mean, there, there are hundreds of deities that you can call on, and a lot of people commune with the deities. They speak with the deities. They give offerings to the deities. Um, and that works as well. You know, it would be like a, a Christian would be calling on, you know, a saint, for example, mm-hmm. um, to do their bidding. You know, do a novena to a certain saint who, you know, takes care of certain diseases, that kind of thing. And that's, that's what pagans do, too. Yeah, and some of the, the saints and our deities are the same, like Saint Bridget. You know, mm-hmm. she's she's yeah. one of us too. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, there there are many of the, of the uh, ancient European saints who really did come out of uh, pagan. Well, I don't, the word paganism is a made up word. Uh, the ancients maybe. didn't talk about themselves as pagans. No. You know, so you, you understand what I'm saying. It was, it was sort of a lump everybody together kind of thing. Yeah, country, you country like you bumpkins. To say something. Yeah, country, country, yeah, essentially, yeah, country bumpkins, pretty yeah. much. Whereas Wiccan means the wise, interestingly enough. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so that was the other thing. I'll, I'll interrupt you for one second. Yeah. But the, the ancients, you know, the old world that we were talking about were considered the wise women. These were the people who healed with, with plants and knew the medicine. These were the midwives. These were the ones that people looked up to. As, as being wise. And I'm not going to jump down any re- organized religion's throat, but it, all that changed. We were, we were not the ones that were looked upon with the warts and the crooked things and the dancing with the devil mm-hmm. way back when, when yep. everybody else, everybody was pagan at one time, you know, basically, mm-hmm. um, before organized religion. And organized religion came in and it, it said, it's believed that they tried to scare people into joining their religion, and that's where the devil and hell came from. Now, this is a debatable topic, of course, but this is what, you know, what we read. Yeah. And so, by doing that, it made the witches look bad. They were ugly, they were mean, they were, you know, the devil's consorts. And people started looking at us in a whole different light. I mean, they, they did a really good job of, of bad press. And it stuck until this day. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, historically, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. I've run into that many, many times. Uh, in fact, the early church deliberately 
baptized, and the word they used in the seminar was baptized pagan practices that were baptizable in order to make it easier for pagans to become Christians, especially when they had no choice. Uh, one of these was coming up was, was Christmas, the Feast of the Invincible Sun. Okay, it was the twenty fifth of December, and uh, there's a rather there's a, a um, an Old Testament prophecy that comes across in English as a rather good pun, uh, referring to Christ as the Son S O N of righteousness, and all you have to do is the Son of righteousness S U N, and voila, uh, here we are replacing the cult of the invincible Son, which almost beat Christianity out as the religion of the empire. Constantine had to choose. He, did, he wasn't baptized on his deathbed and then by a priest who today would be considered heretical. So there's a lot to history people, that the people, their understanding is wrong or it's incomplete. So I think you're absolutely correct about how that was done. And there were a lot of politics and things of this kind. Um, one of the, uh, the things that, that is really uh, interesting is the theology of paganism, and you touched on that already, Marla. And that, oh, we have to make, oh, I'm being signaled by the producer, we have to take a break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with our fascinating guest, Marla Brooks, on the subject of witchcraft. Stick with us. Hello, this is Virginia, co-host of the Manny Brando Show. And this is Manny Brando. We are on every Sunday from 8.05 a.m. until 9 a.m. 8.05 to 9 a.m. Wow. Oh, I want to say something. Too late. Oh, 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 wait. Owen Radio. Owen Worldwide. Okay, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on ON 1240 here in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. There are a number of charities we have adopted on the show. Uh, those are available for viewing at BehindTheParanormal.com, and we'll talk about them as we uh, get into our announcement section. A lot of veterans charities and uh, some great, uh, a terrific charity out your way, Marla. Uh, yep. Tony LeRae out there with uh, Youth Mentoring Connection in, in L.A. doing terrific work out there. Um, if you want to know more about him, just you can check it out ourselves, uh, youthmentoring.com. Uh, Tony LeRae doing great, great work out there. Anyway, uh, Marla, before we get back into our discussion, uh, we're burning up this hour very quickly. Tell us about your books, your website, and we have the same, you and Ben and I have the same publisher, uh, but your yep. books, your website, and any place people can get them or can find out more about you. Yeah, well, you know, the books are the same old story. You can find them anywhere, Amazon, regular bookstores, but I kind of prefer if people can... To, uh, support their independent bookstore. You know, there's a mm. lot of people out there that that need help. You know, that that do a great job. Just have a small store. They're they're not a corporation. And I'm kind of guessing that bookstores in general are kind of flying out by themselves. You know, most of well, a lot of the chains have closed. So anyway, if you can support your independent booksellers, that would be great. And if you go to any shop that you know, there's two Paul. When you go to any shop, any bookshop, and they don't have your book, that you just Ask them, and they can get it for you easily enough. You know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me, again, the website is marlabrooks.com, and there's just about everything on there. There's a page for the show. There's a page for all kinds of stuff. I mean, several pages on there. It's kind of kind of fun, and now it's all decorated for Christmas, so I'm like, woo-hoo. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, Halloween and Christmas, big times on my website. Um, and I also do an Oracle deck reading once a week, so if people want to know what's coming up for them, in the coming week, you know, just go to my website and find it. 
Um, the books, I've got um, ghost books. I've got witch books um, with Schiffer. We've got the Ghost of Hollywood series, which is three books of investigations and Hollywood history and Hollywood ghosts, which is really kind of fun. And I've got two spell books, um, workplace spells, everyday magic on the job, and um, animal spells and magic. And so there's those two books. And an oracle deck, which is called the Witch's Oracle. And um, I can't say anything yet because I haven't gotten the final word, but I've got something very neat coming up with Shipper, hopefully, um, in the coming years. So, yay. Fingers crossed. Very good. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, now, getting getting back to the question I had before the break, uh, or the point, just theologically, when I've spoken with, whether it be shaman in Australia or Canada or people from the, the, the tradition uh, who really get into the background of, of the, the Wiccan tradition or any of these pagan traditions, they, they will say just what you said, uh, almost invariably, and that is, you know, it's not like polytheism in that sense does not mean there is not one God whatever, as we put it, whatever he, she, or it may be. But it is, uh, you know, so, something that is manifested in many ways and people can relate to it uh, as they maybe relate to Jesus, you know, uh, as as one of us, this sort of thing, or maybe as they relate to Apollo or, or, the, or the goddess or whatever. You, you see what I'm saying. But uh, this is what I run into in, in investigating, you know, pagan theology, which Ben and I did, uh, for our la- for our second second to last book uh, from Schiffer, and uh, it's just it's you really kind of put your finger on it there, Marla. You know that it's a lot deeper than just uh, casting spells and stuff like this. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing I just wanted to, to uh, the, the next question is about the wisdom of actually practicing this without any background. Uh, people think today that they can read a book or they can. Right go to a lecture, and all of a sudden they're an expert. I mean, that's really dumb, uh, we think, when it comes to ghost hunting, quote-unquote, and right. we, we deeply discourage people from doing that. What would you say yeah. to someone who wants to get into paganism in general and, and maybe Wicca or witchcraft in particular, and wh- what, what cautions would you express about that, and how would they go about it? This is one of my soapbox topics, so I'm going to keep it short, okay. <laughs> because you know how that goes. Um Witchcraft um, can be dangerous. Um, nobody should be practicing it without background and and study. You know, just like you said with ghost hunting, and and, it, and ghost hunting can be dangerous too. Everybody sees it on TV and says they can do it. Yep. You know, everybody sees some travel channel show or table show at Halloween with some very colorful and entertaining witch who is sitting around a cauldron and. The smoke is rising and it's, you know, all that, and it looks very glamorous or maybe not, um, and they can do it. Well, sure, you can, but you can not only hurt people, you can hurt yourself. And it's really dumb. You wouldn't want to be operated on a brain surgeon who just graduated from high school. You know, I mean, basically that's it. Do not, I mean, education is the key here in, in no matter what, because people can get hurt and that's, and, and worse than hurt. Um, just, you know, education, learn, know your craft, know what you're doing, find out some background. There are a lot of people who call themselves witches out there that don't even know about anything before, you know, the time they were born. You know, you go on the web, this is, this is a caution. Do not go get magic spells off the web because for all you know, there's some 13-year-old who, who decided to put that up or somebody who had really bad intentions who, who 
in the spell, put something that you're not going to recognize as something very negative, um, just don't do it. The best spells come from the ones that we make ourselves. And that's why in both my spell books, it's how, one of the chapters is how to do your own spell work. Although, you know, you can certainly do the ones that I put in there, but you have to know who is giving you spells. And you have to understand that you don't do spells unless you've tried all the mundane ways of solving an issue. If the mundane doesn't work, go to witchcraft. But go to the mundane first, the the everyday way of solving a problem. Witchcraft is not the solution to make big changes for stupid little things. You know, Mm -hmm. go do what you need to do first. If all else fails, you'll, you know, cast a spell kind of thing. If I can run that... uh, I'm sorry, no, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, unless it's, you know, something really important, you know. Yeah. Good. Good. I might be able to round that out, much to the surprise of anybody listening who's part of another religion, that uh, in Christianity, uh, Mar- Marla could have been talking about hesychasm, which most Western Christians have never heard of, but in the Eastern Church, uh, any any spiritual father or mother will tell you that that itself can be a dangerous practice. It's, it's a practice of very, very deep contemplative prayer, and you contact... Ben, you know about hesychasm. Why don't you explain it? Oh, um, well, it's it's interesting in that, you know, the, the whole the whole point, you know, the definition is basically, you know, you, you silence the mind, and it's silence in, in the heart, the spirit, the body, um, in, in all, all the portions of the person. And um, the goal is to reorient um, what's called the eye of, eye of the soul or the noose, which is your central portion of your being that's supposed to be connected to God. So, you know, um, I think it was, I forget which which portion of Acts, but St. Peter says something to the effect of, you know, we have to participate in the divine nature. So, um, hesychasm is, takes that literally, and the goal is to um, reorient yourself towards God and reach out to God through contemplative prayer, which can be taken in a number of ways. You know, it's like uh, when you meditate and you open yourself up, kind of is is like a like a very relatable way to look at it. You know, like um, for some reason people would tend to relate to shamanism. So it's like shamanism in that you know you open yourself up to um, you know some something else. So you open yourself up to God in the, the Christian sense, and you know you try to um, cr- rebuild that connection. And you know there's a lot of a lot of accounts of different different saints and monastics and ascetics over over time who have achieved this, who were who emitted light or just an uncreated light. They could uh, see into the future. Um, you know, made all these these prophecies, and about, healings, and all sorts. Yeah, healed people, all all sorts of stuff. Much like what you would see in the best of witchcraft. Yes, essentially. Would, yeah. So this, the point of of this is is just that maybe there isn't so much. And this is from Eastern Christianity, which is very different from Western Christianity. Western Christianity is, has a certain I I'm, I hate to put it this way, almost a hostility to the earth that a lot of people I think maybe as a reaction, are, are maybe turning, some people anyway, to the best of, of, of Wicca. I don't know if you agree, Marla, but, uh, I mean, you don't have that in some of the Eastern Church, which is where I hear a lot of similarities between Wicca and, uh, and at its best and ancient Christianity at its best, which proves your point in a way that um, 
maybe it just depends on on your culture, your tradition, or, or, or what what you know terminology what terminology or, or what divine aspect you touch that that, that forms your uh, uh, reaction to it and, and your your own response. I think a lot of people have turned away. I people I know anyway have turned away from organized religion because of the fear and the dogma that yeah. is placed in them. You know, those those two things. We don't we don't have dogma. And again, we don't preach come to us and be who we are. Mm-hmm. Be who you are, but you know, here are some of our belief systems. Maybe you'd like to get more in tune with nature. Maybe you'd like to, you know, believe in something a god or a goddess or, you know, whatever. Um don't don't change for us. Just be part of us. I mean, we welcome people with open arms. We don't judge. And I know a lot of people who have left the church because of that, because of the fear and stuff. And, so and, do I. and to me, that's that's sad too, because then what do they do? You know, I mean, this is this is very strong in their lives, and then then they're kind of floundering. Well, I didn't like that, but now I don't know what the heck to do. It leaves people kind of hanging. And I think everybody needs to have faith. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't care who you are. You have to believe in a supreme being. You have to believe in miracles. You have to believe in, in things that we've forgotten that we need to believe in anymore. One of the points, and I'd like to hear you address this, uh, one of my main gripes with Christianity, particularly even sometimes Eastern, is that it's very self-centered in the sense it's, you know, my salvation, it's this, that, or anything. Uh, is is that true in Wicca in the sense that I'm trying to do something for myself? I'm trying to, you know, because in, in the ancient faiths of many kinds, the idea is you forget yourself, and that's how you find yourself, and you serve others, and that's how you yes. yourself are fulfilled. Is is there a spiritual presence of that in Wicca? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You know, we're, it's not an egocentric driven religion to practice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it, you know, the, the cliche live in love and light we do for other people you do for others before you do for yourself because you know we're just you know we're here to do that we're there here to serve others and and that is the way everybody should probably do Uh, it's not like me 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 you know right if i'm going to do a spell the only thing i would ever do on myself would probably be some healing you know i'm i'm not going to do a spell on myself to win the lottery i'm not going to um do something that is only about me. It's for the greater good. This is this is the way we think. Okay. I'm thinking of a wonderful, wonderful film. Ben's mom and I went to see it many years ago at this theater in Hartford, Connecticut. It was called The Sorceress. It was in French, and it was uh, it was just it was about this uh, a woman who had uh, been a great. Uh, a great, well, not so a bunch of sorcerers, but, but a, a, had great knowledge of herbalism and would heal people in the village and this sort of thing, in with natural techniques, know all about nature. And she lived out by herself, and there was a priest who came to the village who said, "This is paganism," and he, he attacked the the tree with an axe where she would heal people. Turns out she was his mother. If you ever have a chance to see, I don't know where you'd find it. I don't know if it streams. It might be on DVDs or some obscure source. Yeah. Called the sorceress. I think everyone who's interested in the subject w- would would like that. Um, but I think that um, one of the things that I've always kind of been wary about, Marla, is is leaving something, whether it be a church or something, because you don't like or joining a, a, a religion or a church or, or, or a temple or whatever because you don't like something else. To me, you should join something for its own sake. 
you know, yeah. so if someone leaves, say, the church or whatever to become a Wiccan or, or is, is not part of any religion and becomes a Wiccan, um, would you say that they should do it in 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 a way that they it's it's a positive thing for its own sake rather than leaving something for a negative reason and joining it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, nobody wants to be the also-rant, you know. I yeah. mean, if you're going to do something, do it because it's in your heart. I mean, and in, in paganism, covens, like I said, I'm a solitary. I think the group mentality gets too complicated, you know, like even the PTA, they sit there and fight I hear you. anything. Yep. So I'm, I'm on my own with that, and I think a lot of us are. Um, but the thing of it is that when you choose a coven, you know, you, let's say you're Wiccan and you're practicing Gardnerian Wiccan as opposed to, you know, any of the other different traditions, <clears throat> you have to go to different covens to find out which one, even though they're labeled the same belief that you, you have to go there. You have to see how they work. You have to see their belief. If something doesn't fit right with you, with what you see, you go on to the next. You have to pick and choose. And, and not just in covens. If you're leaving one religion to go to something else, you need to do a lot of research. You need to step in and look at different religions and look at different cultures and, and whatever resonates in your soul, you'll find it and you'll know it. There won't be any question about it. You can't do anything just because it's something else to do or, you know, because you have doubt about something. Mm-hmm. I what? think you're always going to get led to the right place if you trust your soul and your heart. Yeah, okay. Two questions arise, uh, or, or actually one is a point that when you were talking about uh, maybe a little bit of negativity here and there, gray witchcraft, that kind of thing, and the guy in front of you is driving like like a monkey with car keys or something. There's there's plenty of that in the West, in Western Western traditions too. I'm thinking of prayers uh, that will not curse people, but there there are legitimate prayers that will ask for kind of bad fortune on the, on our enemies, that kind of thing. Uh, there are, uh, the, the second verse of God Save the Queen, the royal anthem, uh, is, is uh, you know, scatter her enemies. You know, the, the whole, because the British anthem is really a prayer, God Save the Queen. And the second verse, which is seldom sung, is kind of like what you said, you know. So it's not just uh, in in uh, Wiccan traditions or pagan traditions where, where you've got a little bit of negativity in there, just for the, for uh, defense purposes. Uh, may, maybe that's in the, in the Western tradition too. And the other thing, Marla, too, is uh, I know you do tarot readings, things of this kind. One of the primary um, cautions that we ourselves will say, and that people should be aware of, is that. You have to be very careful where information is coming from. Uh, we wildly discourage the use of Ouija boards and seances and this sort of thing, and um, some people who are Wiccans will do that. Uh, what say you on that subject? Um, what cautions would you express, and how to? Uh, what, what would you say uh, on that on that issue? Well, you just have to be careful with what you do with any form of divination. You know, whether it's looking into a crystal ball or doing a Ouija board or, you know, reading cards, um, you have to kind of figure out who your source is first. And um, reading cards is, is kind of tricky in a way because there are a lot of people, all right, another soapbox, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> there are <laughs> a lot of people show, who do ahead. readings, <laughs> a lot of people who do readings who say, well, you know, you're going to die in six weeks or, you know, things like that. Um and, and that just really rankles me because the only person that can determine who's going to die, again, is God. You know, and we're not God. You can't, you can't tell people 
that because if you tell somebody that something bad is going to happen to them a week from Tuesday and it's in their brain, a week from Tuesday they're going to stub their toe or something, seriously. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful in all forms of divination. I mean, if you're if you're doing stuff for yourself, you know, you're pulling cards for yourself, you know, that's fine. If you're doing something for others, if you're reading for others or something, you have to really reel it in. You know, you can't just sit there. It's like some of those TV psychics that get on there and on the talk shows and somebody will say, well, you know, my son's been been gone for, you know, he's missing and I'm worried about him. And, and I, one famous psychic said, well, he's dead, just like that, on the air. And this woman went into hysterics. And she was miserable for weeks until, guess what? Her son showed up um, alive and well. You know, so it, you just you can't do that to people. You just can't. You just have to kind of see what's going on. If anybody goes and, and does the weekly thing that I have on my website on the front page, it's a guideline as to what's going to go on this week for you. And, and it's not carved in stone. If you see it and you don't like it, change it. You know, we have free will. We don't have to go by what somebody tells us is going to happen. Um, but it's kind of sometimes nice to know, you know, where the moon is and what's going on or if Mercury's in retrograde and, you know, things like that. But to sit there and just, you know, go to a psychic and have them read you no matter how, and a lot of them will say, well, you need to come back in a week. You need to come back in yep. two weeks. Well, this is going to take a long time, you know, and mm-hmm. with a handout. You know, I don't charge. You know, um, I put all that stuff up there for free. I mean, yes, I have an Oracle deck out, and you can do it yourself. You know, go get the Oracle deck. Um, an Oracle deck is a little easier than Tarot. There, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, it's it's more user-friendly for people that don't study Tarot and stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, I've run into people who have left, not very many, but people who have left Wicca and gone somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, and why do you think that would happen? Well, again, they could have, let's say they went to a coven that they didn't know much about to begin with, and they think this is Wicca. So they get discouraged. They get, um, you know, it wasn't what they expected. Um, I don't think, again, this goes back to the label thing. I don't think we need to label ourselves as anything. I mean, all right, I'm pagan. That's the umbrella term, right? Um, You have to do what's right for you. Whether I think whether it's in organized religion or in paganism, um, do what fits for you, and if you don't, and you don't have to go into a group to do it. You can do it by yourself. You can organize your own thoughts. You can do make your own rules. You know, uh, it, it, so don't get discouraged by anything until you like. Well, never. Uh, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. say until you've exhausted all the different things. But no, you don't have to leave one for the other. Make it your own way. Make it so that it fits. You know, it's like going to a tailor. You buy a jacket that's too big. Go get tailored. Make make your belief system what you believe in, and don't worry about what other people think. It's your belief system. It's your life and, you know, your soul. Okay. Do you believe that anything paranormal has happened to you, positive or negative, in the sense of uh, poltergeist, which is pretty negative, things of that kind, <laughs> uh, apparitions whatever, that have happened to you because of your religious practice? Or maybe just in general, anyway, even if it's not connected with your religious yeah. practice. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I've, I've gone on investigations. I, like I said, I'm clairaudient. I'm, I'm very familiar when spirits are around me. I don't think it has anything to do with religious practices or, or 
um, anything. I come from a family that, that has always believed in the afterlife, has always believed in spirits. You know, like as you mentioned earlier in the bio, my great-grandmother was a witch, um, you know, back in the old country, and she was the village witch. And I always joke and say, well, better the village witch than the village idiot if you're going to, you know, have to admit to something. Um, so it's always been second nature. It's not like it's something special to me. You know, we've always had ghosts in the house or your spirits, and we've always talked to them and, and whatever. It, it's not um, unusual. So, yeah, when we go out on investigations or even here, you know, I mean, seriously, really two seconds. I had to go to church last week um, for a memorial for somebody. And as I was sitting in the pew, and, 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 and I'm really kind of lame, I don't know what to do very well in there, so I kind of sit and watch and try not to stick, stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. um, I was sitting in the pew, and there was an old lady about six feet away from me on one side, and as I'm sitting there, something touched my leg. And I looked down, because I knew she couldn't reach that far, but it was like a poke. And it was, you know, and you know this, you've been on investigations, you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, you get touched, and it was touched by spirit, and I started kind of chuckling to myself. I said, here I'm in church, I'm being touched by spirit, is that a message? You know, something like yeah. that. But so things like that happen to me all the time, so it's second nature, and I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that I'm a witch or, or, okay. or not. Yeah, you know? if you're just aware and you keep a, a silent mind, this, these things happen yeah. to you. Keep a quietness of spirit. These things happen to you. Uh, what are the? Th- we're just about out of time, but I wanted to get. Um, uh, I don't know, just very quickly, maybe a thought for another show we we can do with you because we've just scratched the surface here. Shamans have told me in two different ends of the planet that we're right about this, at least in their sense, uh, right about this multiple worlds thing because um, when they you can manipulate that through prayer or witchcraft or whatever you want to call it and make things yeah. real in that are real in, in parallel worlds but not here and that they they say that's what they do <clears throat> at least two of the ones i spoke with when they, when they right. heal people or something and that's what shamans really do so just yeah. i don't know do you um i thought that was pretty cool it fits with oh. our point of view on this stuff but we could be wrong what, what's what what do you say is actually going on as far as uh Parallel worlds well, I, or spirits or whatever. No, I, I believe that 100%. When I, sometimes when I do Reiki, you know, I kind of have to zone in on the person. And I see. It's like it's almost like um, astral, you know, in a sense. And astral travel is in another realm, if you want to look at it that way. Um, so I think there are many dimensions. And I don't, you know, I mean, it's just like saying, well, we're the only planet in the world that has human beings or, you know, life forms sure, or sure. something. I think there have to be multiple dimensions, and there's kind of been things written about it since, you know, Hector was a pop, basically. Right. Uh, uh, okay, well, Martha, thank you. We're just about out of time, but just tell us about yeah. your radio show, where people can hear it. Okay, um, 9 o'clock Eastern on Thursday night on Para-X Radio Network, and it's called Stirring the Cauldron, and you can find all that information about the show and everything and past guests, including uh, Paul and Ben. Um, on mm-hmm. my website on the Stirring the Cauldron page. You can hear uh, all kinds of good stuff. Very good. Marla, terrific show. Thank you. We'll be in touch off the air. You're Indeed. a good friend, and uh, we hope to do more things together with you. For sure. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, Ben, what do we have? We have many things. Well, our uh, first public appearance of uh, 2018 is uh, scheduled for Saturday, January 27th. It's a charity event at Cottage by the Bay in uh, Dover, New Hampshire to benefit uh, 
the Miss Portsmouth Area Scholarship Program. That's uh, 5 to 8 p.m., and the tickets are $20 per person, and you'll get not only us, but a nice buffet dinner to go along with our uh, subject, which will be Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong. Uh, get tickets through the link on our main page. That's BehindTheParanormal.com. Okay, well, gift-giving time is here, or near at least, so please consider autographed copies of our books for that certain weird someone in your life. <clears throat> They're cheap and easy to wrap, and uh, they'll never know what's a book. Anyway, uh, the, <laughs> the following books are widely available, but if you order them online at either of our two websites, uh, BehindTheParanormal.com and NewEnglandGhost.com, uh, they link to the same online bookstore. We'll be happy to autograph them for you and send them out in plenty of time for your holiday. Uh, books include, Ben? Uh, they include uh, the first two in our Behind the Paranormal series. Uh, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, published last year, available in stores and uh, from online retailers as well. And then there's Behind the Paranormal 2, uh, Bigfoot, uh, Mothman, and Monsters You've Never Heard of, currently available from online retailers and Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle as well. Uh, also available are books I wrote myself in Days of Yore, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, about my cases from the 70s and 80s, along with Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, with a few more cases and a broad look at what the paranormal might really mean for us. And uh, there's also Rhode Island, a genial history for any of our local listeners or unrepentant history buffs who would like to to see them. And all these are available, again, behind theparanormal.com. And uh, just to round it off, you can get uh, books that feature us, or one of us at least, uh, but that uh, we didn't write ourselves via the links at our online bookstore, uh, which include The World's Most Haunted House, The True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist Case on Lindley Street, and uh, The Haunted House Diaries, The True Story of a Quiet Connecticut Town in the Center of a Paranormal Mystery, uh, both by William J. Hall. Uh, and uh, that's not the only reason to visit those jarring websites. Uh, you can find uh, on, on uh, BehindTheParanormal.com over 730 free recorded shows from both ON 1240 here and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio. Also on our website, you'll find direct links to the charities we mentioned before, USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, also Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles, uh, Tony Loray, as we said, doing great things out there for at-risk youth, youthmentoring.org, also helpforhaiti.org. What do we have next week, Ben? So uh, that's uh, December 10th, right here on ON 1240. We'll be back with legendary physicist and mystic Dr. Amit Goswami uh, for a look at how quantum science explains everything. Rather a major claim. Uh, we leave you this afternoon with a thought from none other, than, none other than Dr. Seuss. How did it get so late so soon? It's night before it's afternoon. December is here before it's June. My goodness, how the time has flown. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.